0: fourth chapter and let's hear what God has to say unto his people. Father God, we're tuning in unto you. We're tuning in unto this word today. God, I cannot do it by myself. That's why you gave me my helper and my teacher, which is the Holy Spirit. And I thank you on today, God, that I have been crucified with Christ and it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lived in me. So I give you all the glory, all the honor and all the praise God. For what you have done, God. For what you're getting ready to do, even in the midst of your people. We thank you and we honor you for it in Jesus' name. Zechariah. Let's hear what Zechariah is saying today in Zechariah, the fourth chapter. And I'm going to start at verse 6. And I'm going to end at verse 7. Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might nor by power. But by my spirit says the Lord of hosts, Who art thou, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel, that thou shalt become a plain? And he shall bring forth the headstone thereof with shouting, crying, Grace, grace unto it. I want to talk to mountain, move, yes. mountain, move. God is bringing a word in this house. Last week we talked about um, high places and how we have to get rid of those high places in our lives and. In order for us to get rid of those high places, we're going to have to know what they are. And sometimes we don't even recognize the high places. A high place is like an idol. It's a person or a thing that you have put above God. This is why Paul said in 2 Corinthians 10, he said that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations in every high thing that exalts itself above the knowledge of God. So a high place is anything that you put above God. And sometimes we don't even recognize that we put people, we put things ahead of God. But when you're in the word of God and you began to develop your relationship with God and the more time you spend with him, he will let you know what you have put above him. And when he lets you know what you have put above him, it is not up to God to bring it down. It's up to you to bring it down. This is why he give you the Holy Spirit to reveal unto you even those things that are unknown, those things that are hidden. So God is bringing in the house today. I'm riding off to the high places and how people have high places and don't want to get rid of them because they um, consider these high places being better than God or above God. But God was showing me Zerubbabel and Zechariah was a prophet. And Zechariah was um, seeing visions of the Lord. The angel of the Lord was speaking to him and showing Zachariah things. And the things that God was showing Zechariah, he was going to tell Zerubbabel. And the reason why he was telling him, because Zerubbabel was in a place of discouragement. He was in a place of giving up. He was in a place that he was not moving forward. So God sent him a word through a prophet. I don't know about you, but there may be times in my life that I want to give up, that I want to throw in the towel, that I feel like this is just not working, like this is just not going to be the way that it should be. You get discouraged. You, you get um, at a time that you don't want to be bothered. You get at a time that you wonder, is this what I'm supposed to be doing or is this who I need to be with? Come on. We have different places in our lives that we have, you know, get disencouraged. So Zerubbabel was in that place, but God had a ram in the bush. God will send you encouragement when you think it's over. And that's why God said it's not over until I say it's over. I don't care if it look worse. I don't care if it look like you can't come out of it. God will send you encouragement to let you know you're going to make it. You're going to succeed. Don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. So really when we get to that place, God always sends somebody to encourage us while we're in that place. But it comes a time in your life that sometimes you don't hear from nobody. You don't even hear a word of encouragement. That's when you got to be like David. That's when you got to begin to dance before the Lord. That's when you got to begin to give him praise, even in that low place. To say, God, I'm not hearing from nobody, but I'm just going to praise you while I can. And as David began to praise God, he praised God because the presence of God was right there with David. So he began to praise God. But as I was reading this dealing with Zerubbabel, I could feel how he felt because I've been in places where I felt like maybe I don't need to be a pastor of a church or maybe I don't need to be doing this at this time because when you constantly teach and teach and teach and you don't see the change through the teaching, you begin to look at yourself and say, well, God, maybe it's me. Maybe this is what I should not be doing at this time. Maybe I need to go find a job. Come on, we get disencouraged because when things around you look like they're not changing and they're staying the same and you're having people whining in this, corner you are having people whining in that corner and then stuff is hitting you from every side you need encouragement so Zerubbabel needed encouragement but Zachariah was encouraging him giving him a word from the Lord understand that a prophet has to be before God to get a word from God And we always talk about prophets and the reason why we talk about prophets, because people want to stand in that office of a prophet, but they're not even in the word of God to hear what God has to say, or they have not been prepared for that office. But Zechariah encouraged him, but before Zechariah brought him encouragement, there was Haggai. Haggai began to encourage Zerubbabel. So you know that there was something that God had this man doing that God wanted him to continue to do to send him two prophets, y'all. It was Haggai and it was Zechariah giving this man encouragement to not to give up. So when he was letting him know Zerubbabel is not by might nor by power, but it's going to be by his spirit. This is how this great mountain is going to be moved. See, we get uh, places in our lives that we're using our own strength. We're trying to do it our way. We're trying to work it out our way instead of taking heed to what God would have us to do. God said, I'm using you as an instrument, but it's going to be the power of God that worked through you to get done what I need to have done. And this is why we miss it in the body of Christ Because we're trying to stir up all of this stuff that we think God wants us to do. And God is not allowing his power to flow through you because it's not him that's doing it. It is you that's doing it. So God had to make it clear to Zerubbabel, it is not you that's going to build this temple. He said it is the spirit of the Lord that's going to work through you to get this job done. Oh, I got to stay right there. See, some of us are trying to build things that God is not giving us the power to build. Why? Because we're trying to do it. Even though the Holy Spirit is there to assist you, anything you do outside of the will of God, God is not going to allow his power to flow through you, and you're going to get restless. You're going to get discouraged. You're going to get disappointed because you're saying this should work, and God said it's not going to work because that's not what I assign you to do. Some of us have assignments that God didn't assign you to do. And this is why you're having so much difficulty in doing it because God said, I didn't give you that to do. You took on that yourself because you want to do something because everybody else is doing it. But see, with the case with Zerubbabel, this is what God gave him to do. So he said, I don't want you to give up on this. It's not going to be you that do it. That's why you're tired. He said, it's going to be my spirit that do it through you. But I'm going to back up and let you know what was going on. I'm going to set the scene. What was going on way back when the Israelites come out of Egypt and God gave them a promise that they were going to get to the promised land? And in order for them to get to the promised land, they had to follow God's way of doing things which Moses was giving them. They had to follow his commands, his laws, his way. But along the way, God was letting them know, when you get into these lands, don't do like they do. Don't serve idols. He gave them the commands, have no other God before me, I'm a jealous God. He told them everything because he knew what they were going to come up against. You know, so they began to worship these other gods. They began to do stuff outside of God's will. But God was such a merciful God that when they cried out to him, God didn't do what he wanted to do to them. But this process kept on and it kept on and it kept on till it got to a point that God said, I'm allow you to go into captivity for 70 years. Now he gave this prophecy through Jeremiah, which was a prophet. He had Jeremiah prophesying to them because they thought they can live any kind of way and still serve God. But God said, you cannot live any kind of way and serve me. This is why you got to turn away from this way of living and you got to turn to my way to get what I already provided. Even though you have come to the land that I want you to be in, you still are foul. You still are wicked and this is what's going to happen to you because you're not taking heed to what I'm saying. So what God did by them not taking heed to what he was saying over and over again, they kept doing things that was outside the will of God. Come on, can we look at this by looking at us? We're saved, folks. We know what the word tells us to do, but we keep going outside of the will of God, and you wondering why things are happening in your life. It's not because God put it on you. It's because you open a door to sin to come into your life and cause havoc in your life. Everything that happened to us is not because people say God allowed that. Why would God allow something that Jesus died for? No, you allowed it and God took his hands off of it because you didn't want to serve him. You want to serve sin. The Bible said whom you yield your members to, that's whom you're going to obey. This is why you have to be before God to understand what his word is saying. So the enemy won't come in and attack because Jesus defeated Satan. He came to destroy the works of Satan. And if he came to destroy the works of Satan, do you think he wants you to go through what he demolished? So this is what was happening to God's people. So they were going through. So God had Jeremiah to prophesy to them. Y'all know what happened to Jeremiah. They threw Jeremiah in prison because Jeremiah said, this is what's going to happen to you. You're going to be in exile for 70 years. And then when when Jeremiah prophesied this, Jeremiah began to tell them, he said, in Jeremiah 29, that's where we get that verse, I know the plans that I have for you. Plans for good and not evil. Plans for you to have a hope and a future, for you to have an expected end. The reason why God told Jeremiah to tell them that is because he said, when you go into captivity... He said, you're going to be into captivity for 70 years up under the Babylonians. He said, this is not going to change until after those 70 years are up. He said, so I want you to build you houses. I want you to multiply in this land. I want you to have peace in this land because this is where you're going to be until after those 70 years is up. God even warned them, don't let no prophets come in and tell you otherwise. Because this is what I'm telling you, and this is what's going to take place. What am I saying? When God speaks, he's not going to change his mind. So when you know what God says, why are you allowing anybody to come in and overturn what God told you if you know it's God? Because once God speaks, you ain't worrying about what nobody else says. You're going to go on what God says, and everybody else doesn't matter because this is what he's saying. So, when you have an assurance at what God's saying, you don't have to build up a wall to protect nothing because God's word is final. So, those people heard the word through Jeremiah. They they took that word, they end up getting settled in that land. And guess what, y'all? I want to share this with you. We're in the world, but not of the world. That means we don't do what the world does, right? But while we're in this world, guess what? We should have great success. The world should see us differently from them. We should have things that they're looking at us like, how can this be? Because we're not doing it their way. We're doing it God way. Even though the world think they got something over on us, we're still multiplying. We're still prospering. We're still doing what God is telling us to do. So Anything that they do outside of God's word, it's not going to work as long as we're obedient to what God is saying. So they lived amongst them and they still prospered in that land, even though they were taken away from their land. But this is the thing, y'all. When Jeremiah prophesied this and told them what was going to be, see, God is going to prophesy what's yet to come. They may not have gotten there yet, but it's yet to come, right? But Isaiah, another prophet, he prophesied, and when he prophesied, he said, there's going to be a king that's going to do a proclamation. I think his name was Cyrus, and he's going to do something written that they're going to find that's written that's going to say, let them go back. Y'all, I'm telling you the truth. See, Isaiah prophesied something before this king was even born, y'all. He made the decree. At what God was saying, this is what's going to happen. Even though Jeremiah say, you're going into captivity for 70 years. God say, I'm telling you, I'm going to have a king to decree and declare something that they have to obey. To let you go back to your land. To let you build. To give you what you need to build. Come on, God had a plan. So even though we mess up, Teresa, God still have a plan. So what am I encouraging you with today? God prophesied through these prophets he prophesied doom through Jeremiah what was going to happen but get settled but Isaiah and Isaiah 44 he's prophesying through Isaiah that this king is going to come and y'all are going to be able to go back through your land through the decree and the proclamation that he's going to do so this is what's going on so they did y'all they went in bondage for 70 years when those 70 years was up Here comes the proclamation from the king saying, let them go back to their land. Let them go back and build their temple because their temple was torn down. The walls of Jerusalem was torn down. But God still had a plan. This is what I'm telling you, even with your life. There may be some things that's torn down in your life. There may be some things that look like can't be fixed and can't be repaired. But I'm here to tell you, God's word remained the same. His word is forever settled in heaven. God said, I change not. God is not going to change his mind. Whatever he says is what's already done. It is already written. So this is the thing we got to do. We got to go on what's written outside of how we feel, outside of what it looked like in the natural. So here they are. They come out of captivity, y'all. When they come out of captivity, they had Zerubbabel, this is how he come in, and Joshua. Zerubbabel, he was leading the people back to that land. When they got back to the land, the temple was torn down. So they had to rebuild that temple. And in rebuilding that temple, they had to work together to do it. And this is how it is in the church where all of us is in this church getting teaching to help other people get their lives rebuild where they were torn down. So God have people set up in the house of God. First, he's going to have that pastor. He's going to have that pastor, which is the shepherd over the sheep to lead you. To instruct you through the word of God. He have teachers. He have apostles. He have evangelists. He have prophets. Their job is to teach you and instruct you in the things of God. We get things so tore up in the church. See, when when a prophet stand before people, what people look for is saying, Thus says the Lord, you're going to get a car in a few days. Thus says the Lord, that house that you staying in, you ain't going to be staying in it long. Thus says the Lord, you're going to get a man and you're going to see that man. Thus says the Lord in a few days that's what churches look for prophets to do but that's not God's way of doing things because you with the gifts of the spirit God give you those gifts to speak a word in somebody's life that's unknown that they didn't share with nobody through the word of knowledge then he give you the word of wisdom knowing how to handle the word that you got from the word of knowledge to show you your future See, when you know how the the gifts work, when you know how the fivefold work, you will quit trying to work something that God already set up that would work. So this is what happened. After they come back into this land, y'all, that God was giving them, they had to rebuild the temple. Y'all know we're the temple, right? And because of Jesus Christ, our lives have been rebuilt through him. The only thing we had to do is accept him and everything that he has done. And by us accepting him, God went in through the Holy Spirit. And our heart got changed. Our spirit got changed. We were made new. We were a new creation in Christ Jesus so the Father could come live on the inside of us. So now we're his temple. But guess what? Even though we're his temple, there are still things in our lives that need to be rebuilt. The spirit was already made through. God already took care of that part, but the soul was tow up from the flow up and still tow up from the flow up after you got saved. So our job in rebuilding that temple is by renewing our mind. By changing our way of doing through renewing our minds. And then the body would follow. So they went in to rebuild this temple. So Zerubbabel, he was the one that was leading the people. But why was Zerubbabel so disencouraged? It is because when they started the process, it started in Ezra. When you know how the books of the Bible should be in order, you will know what the word is saying. This is why it takes study. You cannot just read Ezra without reading Haggai, without reading Zechariah, and without reading Malachi. You cannot just read that one book and understand where Ezra is coming because Ezra is going to lead you back to Isaiah to let you know how the King Cyrus come in on the picture. So you can't just read that one book and get revelation off of that one book. You got to know, why is he talking about this king? How did the rubber bell come in on the scene? So even in Second Chronicles, it was talking about this king coming forth, doing this stuff. This is why I tell y'all you have references in your Bible. And you have to look at those references to see where they're going to take you. You can't just read a paragraph and go off of that and teach on that and don't know why they're saying what they're saying. So Zechariah and Hezekiah played a part in Ezra and they played a part in um, telling them what God was saying. See, God had to have prophets. He had to have kings. He had to have priests. He had to have prophets. But today, y'all, guess what? We got the word of God for ourselves. And he gives you people to teach you the word, but after they teach you the word, it's up to you to go in and search out the word for yourself so all of us will be on one accord. So we see that Ezra, he played a part in this. He was a scribe, and as being a scribe, Ezra had to go teach the people y'all the law. He had to pull the law. Remember we talked about how Ezra stood before them, and they were so attentive. They was ready to get understanding. This is why you come in the house of God. You're supposed to be so attentive. You're supposed to have an expectancy. You're supposed to have your heart open to hear what the spirit of the Lord is saying to you. And I know you're able to hear it because if you're born again, you have his spirit. And if you have his spirit, you're going to know when he's talking and how you know when he's talking because you done been into the word for yourself so you can agree with what I'm saying from this pulpit. So, Ezra, he began to teach the people. But this is the thing in the book of Ezra, they were talking about the king who said they would come back and build the temple. They were being obedient because the decree was already made. But as they were doing this, y'all, this is the first thing that they done. They built the altar first. Before they even started on the temple, they built the altar. Why? Because they needed to be in the presence of the Lord. They needed to get rid of everything that was in their lives that represented sin in order to go forth to rebuild this temple. And this is what we should be doing. We should be in the presence of the Lord. And getting in the presence of the Lord, meaning that we got to let go of self. That altar, they were burning these sacrifices. You know, the altars where they atone for their sins. And they did all that sacrificing before God, giving the sin offering. This is how we go before God. Before I even get into my word, I want to search myself. I want to say, God, if there's anything in me that will block me from receiving what you have for me today, Lord, show it unto me. So they build an altar unto the Lord, and all of them come together. And they were doing it according to the way God would have it be done. So then they started rebuilding the temple. But in rebuilding that temple, y'all, they had opposition. They had adversaries to come against them to oppose them. And when they had these adversaries to come against them, they said, we want to help you. This is how they started. We want to help you rebuild this temple. They said, no, you can't have a part of this. See, this is what's wrong with the church today. We allow people to come in the church that do not want to accept the message. They come and sit. But when it's time to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior, they ain't got time for that. They they just want to continue to come to church, but they don't want to serve God. See, those are the ones that don't supposed to be on your membership. Why? Because a divided house cannot stand. So when you got people in here that's unequally yoked, then they're going to cause division within the house of the Lord and say, this is my church, but yet they're not serving the living God. So they say, you cannot be a part of this. Why? Because they wanted to have God as another God. They were already serving other gods, but they wanted to put God in the midst of those other gods. God said, have no other God before me. He said, I'm a jealous God. You got to let go of everything else in order to serve me. So see, when you come to Jesus Christ, it ain't picking and choosing of I'm going to keep this and I'm going to keep that and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. No, you're saying I'm letting go of everything. I'm giving you my life. I'm letting go of family. I'm letting go of friends. I'm letting go of everything that will hinder me from doing what you will have me to do. This is why you need the gospel. You need the good news concerning what Jesus did for us and how he brought the kingdom unto us. And once you hear that good news and open your heart, all of this other stuff don't matter no more. Because you're saying, I need Jesus more than I need all of this. And once you realize you need Jesus more than you need a man, a woman, a cat, a dog, a job, then you have given him your whole heart. But if you are struggling to say, if I take Jesus, do I give up this? Well, I ain't ready to give up this yet, so I ain't ready yet. A person who give him their whole heart, everything around them drops off. That does not mean you don't love your family. That does not mean that you shouldn't work. It means that I'm putting him in the forefront. He's first now in my life. And I'm not putting nobody ahead of him. Y'all, we need to take a pause break right here because I'm feeling in my spirit that it's still people in the room that don't know the difference between God and a high place. And if you don't put God before that high place, then you're going to come down into a place that you're going to have to go through until you realize that he's God. I give you Nebuchadnezzar. Y'all remember him? He thought he had everything, and Daniel even um, told him the dream that he had. You got to humble yourself, king. And he act like he heard Daniel, but then he got up, and then he said, look at all of this. That I... See, he put himself above the king of kings and the Lord of lords, and he heard a voice from heaven, you're going to be a four-footed beast until you know that I'm king of kings and that I'm Lord of lords. And when this man recognized that he wasn't above God, and this is what God said, I put you where you are. I put you there for a reason. But he didn't want to hear that, y'all. Come on, we got people in the room right now that you're thinking it's because of what you've done that this person is making it. Or it's because of what you are doing because your job is succeeding. No, it's not because of you. It's because of the living God that's on the inside of you that the job is still succeeding. He puts you there for other people to have employment because he got you in a seating in the place that you're in. And until you recognize that if it is because of God on your side, not which one nationwide or all state (laughs) nationwide on my side, it's because of God, y'all that we have what we have. And if we recognize this because of God, that's when we let go of ourselves and said, it's no good that I have done. It's all because of what he has done. I'm on the job because he put me here for a reason. It's not because I chose to be here because this is the last person place in the world that I want to be. But i I'm here to please God and not man because guess what everything my hands touch is blessed because he's living on the inside of me he has given me the power to get wealth it's nothing that I have done come on we got to lay aside pride a prideful person will fall and when the when the Lord see that you're prideful won't take heed and be humble he'll let you go as high as you want but as high as you go the harder it is when you fall. And people don't see it. People's looking at it. It's because I'm on this team that is working. God will show you who he is. So that's how it was for Nebuchadnezzar. But when he humbled himself and come back to himself, he recognized there is a God that's in heaven. And for these seven years, I was humbled before God so this is what God was doing so Zerubbabel he was you know saddened he, he was going through because when they were rebuilding this temple they had opposition and by them having opposition and they're trying to stop them because they wouldn't let them be a part of what they were doing so they, the enemy say it's on now you won't let me come up in here I'm gonna fix you I'm gonna stop you from doing what you're doing this is what the Lord told me y'all no weapon formed, it's going to form, but it ain't going to prosper. See, we got to understand the weapons are going to form, but you got to know that they're not going to prosper. So those weapons formed at them because the enemy wanted to come in in what God was doing. They wanted to be a part of it, but they said, no, you have no part in this work. So what they did, they wrote the king, that um, Esther was in their den. Is it a ah- Hazarus? Is that his name? King Harazar. I'm pronouncing it wrong. But this, is, this goes back to Esther as well. When Esther was in the king's palace, you know, she was chosen to be queen. She was up under this king. He was her husband. So that's the king that they wrote to tell him they are building. And if you would search this right here, you would see that they don't supposed to be building at this time. So he sent a decree back to say, stop the work. Yeah. See how all these books come together. When you go into the word of God, you got to put it all together to see who is this king? What did he have to do with this? So he stopped the work. So Zerubbabel, he was very disencouraged because he was leading the people. And all of a sudden they were coming together to get something done and the work was stopped. So God sent prophets, Haggai and Zechariah to encourage him. To let him know, oh, this is what God is saying. I believe like Nehemiah, why should this work cease? I'm doing a great work for the Lord. Why should I come down to you? Nehemiah was a part of building the walls. They built the temple, but he had to build the walls. So everybody had their part. So they were encouraging the rubber bull to let him know, first of all, it's not going to be by your might. It's not going to be by your power. It's going to be by the spirit of the living God. You got to understand that wherever you are in whatever place that you're in, God ain't looking to you to do it. He's looking to you to allow him to work through you to get it done. That's what he was telling Zerubbabel. is you can't do this. It's going to be through the spirit of the living God that it get done, but I'm going to use you to do it. So I'm encouraging you this morning, this afternoon, to let you know, quit trying to do something yourself. That God has already made a way to be done. And he shared this with me. God said, if you never went through nothing, how would you know that I'm still God? I want y'all to understand something. If everything was always good in your life, every day was a good day. Your money was right. Your health was right. Your family loved you. People on the job love you. You ain't going to have no reason to see God. You ain't going to have no reason to say, "Thank you, Lord." But when trouble comes, that's when the tests come. I'm going to see if you can still thank me for your house when it looked like your mortgage ain't going to get paid. I'm gonna see if you're still gonna thank me for your health when you've got some aches in your body. I'm gonna see if you can still say thank me when they said they don't need you no more on your job. I'm gonna see if you're still gonna stand on the same word that I gave you several years ago. That don't look like it's working right now because everything has stopped. That's where the rubber ball was. Think about it. You brought us out of captivity. To rebuild these walls. And you prophesied this through Isaiah. But now we can't rebuild the walls. But God's word don't change. If God said it, he's going to stand on it outside of our circumstances. And that's what he wants us to do. He wants us to stand on that word regardless of what somebody else says. He said, that's not what I said. So this is what I want you to do. So he had to send some encouragement in to let them know this work ain't ceasing. What did God say? Hey, God prophesied the same thing. And this is what was happening, y'all. When they bought them out, some of them come out, but some of them stayed amongst them. And God still sent word. He said, you need to come out from amongst them because I'm getting ready to destroy this city. Okay, where am I going? God has called us unto Himself. And there's still people living in the world, don't supposed to be of the world, but want to stay there because they got nice houses. They got nice cars. See, these people who established themselves in that land with those Babylonians, they had built themselves nice houses. They were prospering, so they chose to stay in that land. They chose to keep what they had, but God said, I want you to come out and you're going to end up with more, but I want you to come out. They wouldn't come out. So God even sent word again, prophecy again. I'm getting ready to destroy the Babylonians. I'm giving you a chance to come out, but some of them did not want to come out. Come on. That's us today. We get big headed. We see ourselves above everybody else. So if God said, I want you to give up this And I want you to come on over here. Uh Uh-uh, I can't give up that. I worked too hard for that. I'm not giving up that. I'm not giving up that kind of money. Let them work like I work. Do you know how long I had to work for this? But what we forget is God give you the power to get what you got. It wasn't you that done it. It was through the power of God that got you what you have. So some of them stayed. So the encouragement had come to Derivable, come on. It's not going to be in your own strength, your own power. It's going to be by the spirit of God. And this great mountain is going to become a plane. But he hadn't encouraged the one that he had given the work to to say, don't give up. No matter what it looked like, no matter what it appeared to be, don't give up. So the Lord had shown me this, y'all. And I was sharing it with apostle. It was a movie the Lord allowed me to see. He has set you up and show you some stuff. This lady was from China. And she went to look for her job. She just graduated from college, but she wanted her own business. One thing I can say about people in China, they'll try to go out and get their own. They won't try to, you know, work up under somebody else, not unless they have to, but they'll get their own. And she tried to get her own. It did not work. So she went to work for uh, different people, and they treated her so badly that she resigned. So she was so much, y'all, in despair. She didn't know what to do. She was giving up. God put a person in her life, which was from China, where she was, and they began to encourage her in the things of the Lord through the word of God. She said she had never felt so much happiness in her life to know, this is what I was missing in my life. I thought it was the job, but I was missing God. So they would come together with Bible study. They would come together, and they would sing and one day when they were together, she was in her aunt's house. The police came in, and they don't supposed to be serving God. And she began to speak up for God. The more she spoke up for God, they just slapped her, just slapped her, knocked her down to the floor, and she was already so little. And they grabbed her by her hair and just slapping her back and forth. You don't serve God. There's no such thing as God, but she wouldn't give up. And she was crying on the inside and she was saying, God, you got to help me. You got to help me. And as she cried out to God, scripture would come before her. And my thing was when I saw this woman get beat, I sat there and said, God, would I denounce you after they slapped me one time? And they slapped her, y'all, hard. But she would not denounce God. But she cried out within, and God would encourage her with scripture. When they took her to the police station, y'all, and this girl was in the police station, and they were still getting her to deny God. They said, if you don't deny this God, they said, this is what we're going to do to you. They said, we're going to burn you. We're going to burn you in in your private part. We're going to burn you in your chest area. We're going to do all of this to you, and then after we do all that to you, all of us are going to take turns raping you. And they took her head and beat it up against the wall several times. She refused to deny God. They hit her so hard she was on the floor fainting. She still wouldn't deny God. They took her to the cell, hung her up in the handcuffs, y'all, with her feet dangling you know you up high you could your feet can't touch the floor for 7 a.m to 7 p.m no food so she began to cry out to God again and she said God you got to help me God's still giving her the word and I'm looking at that picture and I'm saying my thing is y'all I don't know about you I'm saying when they were beating her so viciously I say God gonna come in there and wipe all of them out It's going to be a settling. Y'all, that's what I was looking for. I'm looking for a settling, and God said, you don't see it? I'm giving her what she needs. I'm giving her my word, even in the midst of her anguish, to let her know there's still life there. The way they beat her, she should have died. But she was still hearing God, and that's what gave her strength. When she didn't hear the word, God would give her a song. And she would sing that song. When they beat her like they beat her, y'all, that wasn't the end of they said, okay. They started again. They took one of her arms like this, took the other arm and handcuffed her and swung her back and forth, back and forth, arms bleeding, and they did it all day long and kept hitting her and beating her for her to deny God. And at that point, she said she felt like Saying, I'm just going to let them know, where is your people? Where is your money? Where are you hiding? They're hiding out at. She would say nothing. They couldn't get through to her doing her that way. So they said, we're going to take you to another camp. And it's going to be more torture. We're going to lock you up for a long time. This girl still wouldn't deny God. Y'all, this is still what I'm talking about. Mountain move. This girl went into that prison. They put her in a cell. She said when she entered that cell, it was urine all over the floor. It was terrible where they just urinated on the floor. Three women in there and the the guard began to tell her she believes in God and y'all are murderers and she won't deny her God. They begin to kick her in her side. Three of them kicking her. They begin to take her head again and hit it up against the wall but she wouldn't deny God she cried out to him The more he gave her the word the word brought her life the word brought her strength when that didn't work y'all they told her she said she figured it out she was silent at that time they had her working y'all all night long and if you fell asleep or could not do like they wanted you to do then they will beat you again and let you stand up in the sun and you better not fall. She went through all of that, y'all. But the light finally come on. She stood before the guard and she began to preach the gospel. She said, if I'm going to stay in here, they say, the more you talk about him, the longer years you get. She said, I'm going to talk about my God. And the more she talked about God, the freer she got. And who could stand against him? So she let the words start coming out of her mouth. And at the end of the picture, she was looking at the prison. What am I saying to you? There's places in our lives right now we don't understand. There's things that we're going through that we don't want to go through. But God has taken us to a place in him to say, are you going to trust me? in this place are you gonna still talk about me are you gonna still uplift me are you still gonna put me first see it's easy y'all to talk about God when everything is going good Tyson it's easy to say God is good when there's money in your pocket but when ain't nothing there not even no change but lint can you still say that he shall provide it with lint in your pocket Come on, when, when you're healthy and all of a sudden something come in and, and, and they tell you this is going on with you, can you still say God is a healer? Can you still say that outside of what they're saying? See, this is the time, y'all, that we're in today. You're seeing people that don't even care whether there's a God. They're trusting other things more than they're trusting God. They're waiting on man to fix something. People are waiting on the president to fix something he can't fix. This is why he give you intercessors to pray on his behalf. Come on. Yeah, he look crazy, but pray for him that he get a mind of Christ. Yes, he say things that's out of the ordinary, but he's in the seat now. We have to lift up the name of Jesus and say, God, give him what he need. Because it's affecting us. We're spending too much time saying, he need to do this and he need to do that. But He's president. He made the decisions and the enemy is feeding off our negative words. So we have to trust God no matter who's in office. If God himself was in office, people still be whining. People always got to say this, that, or the other, but I want to ask you something. What did God say? What did he say about that situation? So God is saying today, I can't move a mountain for you you got to speak to that mountain through the power I have given you whatever opposition is in your way see back then they had the the uh prophets to come to them and the prophets encourage them but let me tell you something that's why God put you in a place to get taught so when something come up in your life and this person can't be here and you can't reach him by phone you have the word of God for yourself and you can speak to opposition yourself you can tell whatever's in your way move you don't supposed to be here move it don't have to stay in your life Because if it ain't lining up with the word, it don't supposed to be in your life. What did I say? Move. You still here? Move. And you keep talking to it until it moves. Not sitting up there crying out to God. He said, I gave you the earth. You crying out to me and I told you to speak to that mountain. You tell that mountain, get out of my way. You leave my house. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And you don't let nobody come in your house and disrespect whom you're serving. You don't let your kids shut up in their room and rock and roll all night. Oh, no, 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 no. Because if the spirit of the Lord lead me in there, shut it off. This is what we're supposed to do. Because guess what? The Lord is going to show you what ain't right in your house. It is up to us to take control over the situation. I heard somebody tell me years ago, I'd be in my room seeking the Lord. and long as they in their room, not bothering me, I'm okay. I said, no, 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 no. Who paid the bills in that house? Ain't no rocking and rolling and nothing going on in my house and I'm in there serving my God. As for me in my house, you're going to respect my house. Now, whatever you do outside of this house, that's between you. But when you step up in here, you're going to line up in this house. I don't care how grown my jolly green giant get. When he step in mama's house, everything you thinking about or want to do. He know me, y'all. I'll give you an example. He was grown, staying in my house, needed a job. Girlfriend pregnant. She in the recliner. He laid out on the couch. I'm in my office before Jesus. I get an unction. Check your house. I go in there, see Jolly Green Giants snoring. Girlfriend pregnant. Sitting in my recliner. I rose up and said, Boy, if you don't get your big behind, off my couch and get out of here and get you a job you ain't gonna be in this house that was the last time that jolly green giant laid on my couch mama I'm a man a man works and if a man don't work he don't eat mama I'm grown you grown when you make your own way you ain't grown in my house eating my fruity pebbles I bought them pebbles Y'all think I'm playing. Daddy, is that right? You don't do that. You ain't going to lay here and I'm before the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And you act like you on vacation. Mama, I'm a man. A man takes care of himself. A man has his own house, his own rent, his own mortgage, and you ain't got it. He left out of there that day. He come back. He had a job. If you're going to raise your kids, you better raise them. You ain't bringing your trash in my house. Hmm. If you're grown, take care of what you made. If you don't take care of the law will, you'll be paying for them children. Mm -hmm. So see, this is that mountain that had to be moved. (laughs) 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 Y'all laughing. But this is the mountain that had to be moved. And that was a big mountain. But that mountain got up and got out of my house. That wasn't the only time. See, y'all don't know. You see the glory, but you don't know the story. See, this is how you have to raise your children up to let them know. This is how life is, baby. You don't just go out and do what you want to do and come in here and lay down like this is holiday in. Like you on vacation because it ain't. Because last time I checked, when you come in here, you're going to abide by these rules in this house. And if you don't want to abide by the rules, get out. Now, I'm going to use this. We get disengaged sometimes, don't we? We feel like giving up sometimes, don't we? When we feel like it ain't working, we forget that we have the spirit of the living God, that we have the power of God on the inside of us, the resurrected power, right? Don't we forget sometime, y'all, because when the load seems like it's so heavy where well, we can't bear it, we forget who we are now that we're in Christ. We forget that we have the power to speak to that mountain and go about our business and know that it's moved, right, without even looking at it, right? I don't been there, y'all. See, I can use me. The reason why I use me, I ain't got nothing to be ashamed of, darling, because, see, God is using this to tell you something. I remember another time. Kids are used, grown on you all day long. Come on, come on. I'm grown. Shouldn't be treating me like this. I'm a man. <laughs> Y'all, I'm in my office again. That's where I stay. And this is how I would tell my husband. You know what we do. Honey, you got to meet him where he is. You you, you know, you got to relate to him and meet him where they are. Because my husband would blow up like a man. He be ready. Come on now. You going to be a man? Let's be a man up in here. <laughs> and I'd be like. Hold up, baby. Hold up. Now we we want to meet him where he at. We want him to be able to talk to you. So my husband got just as sweet as candy. He just calmed down, following my advice. I'm in the office one day, and Jolly Green John again. I'm having conversation with him, you know, sweet, and telling him, you know, this is life, and this is how things should be, and this is what you need to do, son oh I'm a I'm a man mama you need to quit treating me like I'm a child like I don't know nothing this wasn't resurrected power this was angry. I was angry got a keyboard right there and I'm on that keyboard before the Lord getting my work done next thing I know when he said that I thought I was free y'all I thought I was free I slammed my hands on Table. I say oh you the man my husband come out that kitchen I said get out get out I said don't you go to your room to take no clothes because I bought every bit of clothes on your tail so naked you came and naked you're gonna leave this house and he left but he left with some clothes but you said you ain't going back there to take nothing. If you a man, be a man. My husband come in there and looked at me. I looked at him, sat down at, let me tell you how good God is. Sat right back down like everything was normal. <laughs> Holy Spirit began to speak. I couldn't turn away, y'all. Because I have been with God too long. God said you were wrong. The way you come off with him, was wrong even though what you were saying was right you did it the wrong way you need to apologize because he's still your son and what you doing you giving him into the enemy's hands Jesus Jesus (laughs) I still sat there y'all then he had to come in there you told me (laughs) y'all I'm finna rap again (laughs) shut up (laughs) But I didn't rap. I humbled myself. I called my son. And I said, I am sorry. I come off the wrong way. Y'all tell me I don't have opposition. Y'all tell me I don't have things that happen in my life to take me off of what God wants me to do. But I had to come back to my place, y'all, and recognize. That God is still God and everything that he has said concerning my son is still true outside of what I see. See, just because he's a preacher's kid don't mean that he don't have faults. See, people look for preacher kids to be the best there is. No, it's not like that, cause the enemy gonna try to come in on them. Even say, folks, your kid's supposed to be different. No, they're in the world, but we're trying to get them to know you're not of the world, and it takes challenges. It takes prayer. It takes consistency. So when your child mess up, don't look at them like they're the worst person in the world. You done done something that's coming out the closet. So when I began to relate to my son, based on my experiences, based on stuff I'd done, his eyes got bucked. What, mama? I said, I ain't always been a saint, boy. I said, no, I had to come to this place. And now we have the best relationship. Some things he said, I want to (laughs) hear it. up. (laughs) But I listened. And then at the end of that conversation, I said, well, let me tell you what the words say. This is what you got to live by, baby. This is what you got to come to. And until you get there, I'm here for you. But you got to get there. So what am I telling you? In order for these mountains to move in your life, the first thing you got to do is get rid of you. Get rid of your thinking, your way of doing, your way. And if you don't get rid of your way, you can't follow God's way. See, everybody in life is not going to do like you do, because you don't been down that road. So you can't expect them to do what you're doing now, because you had to get to the place you are now. So quit putting expectations on people to do what you want them to do now. Come on, you used to be all out there with women. You used to be a sleep around. You used to be a liar. Come on, some of us used to be in the prostitute status, and didn't even realize we was a prostitute. You know why men give women a name hole? Cause they see you everywhere. That's where the name come from. Everywhere they go, they see you, you popping up. They don't see the real deal. And when they see somebody they never seen before, they know they're pure. I ain't never seen you before. I've been around here all my life. Men know what's going on around them. They know who they can catch. But as soon as you get over your mess, then when somebody else get into something, they the biggest hole they is. Come on. God have mercy on you. So the only thing we're supposed to do is encourage them in the things of the Lord, but not making them seem like they're the worst of the worst. This is encouragement today, y'all. Let's quit looking at people thinking that we're better because we change. It took us time to change, and some of us still got change that need to take place in our life. Somebody may be here in this area, but you're still here over there in this area. If you still lying, what make you any different from a fornicator? Sin is sin. So you can't tell them to quit fornicating and you just keep telling lies. It's best for you not to say nothing to them until you can get yourself in a place where you can stand before them and you're doing what God tells you to do. So we need to quit comparing this is big sin and this is little sin. I'm in little sin category. You're in big sins category. So I'm trying to get you over here. I don't want to be over there either. Because you can't tell me not to do, and you still do, and this is just what parents do. Don't do that now, baby. Don't. That's not the one for you now, baby. Now, I'm telling you right now, and then you sneaking him in the back door. Well, now, nah, now, nah, nah, the type of mama I am, I, yeah, I sleep with a man, but they don't see me sleeping with a man. Mama, I hear the door every night when it's opening up. I hear the floor when it's squeaking. I know what's going on in your bedroom. Well, do what I say and don't do what I do. And the mom in the church every Sunday, hallelujah, God is good on the choir. And they sing it. And still sleeping with a married man. And telling the children, find a good man and a good husband and stay pure now. Don't sleep with nobody. Something's wrong with the picture. So God is bringing into this house today. Move mountain. Only way this mountain is going to move is you got to deal with you first. You got to get you out of the picture first. Then after you get you out of the picture first and you're ready to do what God has called you to do. And your heart is totally towards God because you done tore down everything in your life. That's misdirecting you in the place that God wants you to go. Now you can go into that place. Now you can speak to that mountain. And you can tell that mountain to move. But the reason why some mountains have not moved. Is because we're not willing to let go of some things that we're holding on to y'all. Come on let's be real. Because when you speak to that mountain. And you speak into that mountain according to the word. You don't have to wait to see if it's moved. You know it's moved that's what jesus did when it came to the fig tree he spoke he believed and he left and that tree died so god is saying every mountain that's in your way he said you have a right to speak to that mountain you don't have to wait for anybody to tell you What to do and how to do it, because God has already given you his spirit on the inside of you. And if you are in his word, you're gonna know what the words say, and you're gonna do according to the word of God. Now, when you get disencouraged, yes, God is sending people to you and say, You're gonna make it, you're gonna succeed. Everything that God told you is truth. God is sanctifying you, He's setting you apart in truth. Move forward. Don't let this hinder you, don't let this stop you. You got what you need to move that mountain that's encouragement but you still got to be the one to move it so you tell these mountains in your life of opposition move mountain you don't supposed to be here you becoming a plane today because god has given me right he's given me dominion he's given me power over you so quit waiting on people to do it for you get into the word develop your relationship with god the more you stay out of the word, you can't tell nobody nothing. You can operate up under a familiar spirit and you're thinking that is God. It takes the Holy Spirit and the word for the power of God to be manifest in your life. You cannot pray without the word. You cannot do nothing without the word, y'all. Look at creation. It was the father, the son, and the Holy Spirit working together. So God is saying, get in your word and there's nothing in your life that's causing hindrance, that's causing hindrance in your life that you cannot speak to that will be moved according to the word of God. What are you waiting on? Speak to those mountains. Tell those mountains to move. Rico, for example, she was obedient this morning. God was showing me the scene, how it was set up. He said, just hand her the mic. And when she get that unction, she's going to sing. Did she sing? And she's going to sing even the more. And she's not going to worry about what her body should and should not be doing because it's going to be the power of God that's working through you to do what God wants done. And then sooner or later, she ain't going to be worrying about what's functioning, what ain't functioning no more. She's just going to open her mouth to the glory of God and she's going to take off even stronger than she was when she first began. Why? Because God wants people to see his glory, Rico, through you. Because it was never about Rico, it was all about him. He gave her that gift to glorify him, to bring glory unto him. And do you think God is going to allow, no, I ain't going to say this, Rico is going to allow the devil to take what God has put in her hands? No, God gave that to her. So she's going to say, mountain, move. Move. And she's going to begin to open her mouth every day and begin to sing and sing and sing. And everywhere she go, when she opened her mouth, Kim, I'm reminded of that lady. Every time she opens her mouth, she starts singing. <laughs> That's what Rico going to do. She's going to start a conversation and she said, I'm reminded <laughs> of this old hymn. And she's going to be singing her way through it. Come on, y'all. God's going to be having her sing, And they're going to say, Rico different. Every time she talks to you, she's singing something. But every time she starts singing, the whole room changing. I become healed, delivered, and set free. I know God's in the house. She's going to be going in a shop, and she's going to be singing melodies, going in and melodies coming out. And everything that ain't right is going to leave out the shop. Come on, God know what he's doing. Because she's moving the mountains. She's speaking those things that be not as though they were. So whatever mountain is in your life today, I got a word for you. God is going to speak to them today. And they're going to move. Amen. So this altar today is open. For every opposition that you've been been facing, whether it's um, dealing with your body, whether it's dealing with your finances, we're going to speak to those mountains. And those mountains will be moved. But remember, first step is, getting you out the way. You got to let go of you and say, God, I've been trying to do it myself. But it ain't for me to do. Because you have already done it through Jesus Christ. It's for me to speak those things that be not as though they were. So y'all, it's healing in this room. And it's got your name on it. Amen. Do you know that song I need? Tasha Cobbs, right? Put a praise on it. Hallelujah. Y'all ready for these mountains to move? Whatever is going on in your life, we're going to speak to it today. And we're going to tell it to move. Do we have all believers in this house?